0: We thank you for that. Thank you for that relationship being the primary thing that keeps us going and keeps us alive, keeps us encouraged, keeps us successful in the thing that you've called us to do. And We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. So today we're going to talk about the fact that he does all things well. Amen. He does all things well. And it has a particular meaning for us because he lives in us. And he, he can empower us to do all things well. In fact, that's what God uh, expects from us. That we would be as his son was in the world and we would have that reputation that we do all things well. It's important to have a good reputation in the earth because we represent Christ. And I think many times, uh, we forget that in wanting to live our lives and wanting to have what we call success or wanting to be free of what we call bondage and all this kind of stuff. You know, we, we still represent the Lord and that has to be taken into account in all things we all can make mistakes, you know, where we we think we can do certain things and we wind up getting convicted by the Holy Spirit. And we know that we've stepped over the line, so to speak. And it's because that's not going to be productive for us. It's not going to get us where he wants us to go. And so God kind of has to keep us in line and keep us in process of having the success that he wants us to have. In Mark 7 Verse 37 is where we get this this title from. And uh, it, it was said of Jesus uh, when he performed a miracle. There was a young man there. Verse 32, it says, They brought to him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they besought him to put his hands upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude. Put his finger into his ear, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto him, Be opened. Amen. And straightway his ears were opened, the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it and they were beyond measure astonished saying he hath done all things well he makes both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak and so Jesus in doing this miracle got that reputation of doing all things well so he wasn't a type of person that had one one hit a one hit wonder Mm-hmm. Try to live off, you know, sometimes people get one miracle or they pray one right prayer and try to live off of that for the rest of their lives. You know, it's, it's, it's for us to continue in these things. My thought is that if God did it one time, he's got to be able to do it again. We need to find out how to get him to do it consistently. And so if we can understand these things and have that relationship with God, it will be said of us as well. So it's good to have a good reputation uh, here in the earth. It's good to have a reputation that people know they can depend on you. Uh, They can depend on your prayers. They can depend on your faithfulness and your consistency because those are the things that god will honor and uh, on the road to success uh, this is what we need to keep in mind so god promises us good success in all that we do and he is our insurer of good success now the bible is full of success stories it's full of stories of mishaps that wind up successful it's full of human stories and so our story being a human story can be a success story if we'll understand God's ways of success and God's ways of getting us to to follow his path so that we can be successful in all things Jesus is the biggest success story in the Bible so we're endowed with the spirit of the best and he lives in us through the new birth we just have to renew our minds to the fact that he lives in us and we are new creatures in christ and everything that's old about us has no power it's passed away it's dead it's kind of diminished in its power doesn't have the power over us that we think it has So if we will understand ourselves as new creatures and strengthen ourselves in the new things, then we will be able to walk more successfully in the success that God has for us. So we have the capacity to do all things well just as Jesus did. His spirit ensures our success. So the spirit of Christ that dwells in us is our insurance or assurance of success. And we'll do everything with success if we follow the Lord. We follow his leading. And if we follow his, you know, and and it's good to follow the leading of the spirit and the word. You have to to beef yourself up in the word of God and understand God's character and understand his ways. Um, There is such a great challenge now. Uh, Maybe we're aware of it because everything's blown up in the media so often. But there is a great challenge now to the word of God being true. You know, people have always challenged who really wrote it. You know, did a white man write it? You know, if you're black, you think a white man wrote it. If you're white, you think somebody else wrote it or it's been altered or some kind of nonsense that the devil always puts out about God's word. But it's being challenged. uh, Church people now are being challenged to change the word of God. You know, if you open the Bible and you see it is an abomination for mankind to lay with uh, mankind like womankind or, you know, whatever. And and people say, "Ooh, I wonder if he's changed his mind about. No, he hasn't. He hasn't changed his mind about anything. His word is true from beginning to end. He changes his mind. You can look for the sky to drop in your lap tomorrow morning. Be thankful he doesn't change his mind. You know, that's an assurance for all of us. You know, if he changes his mind about the oxygen content in the air, you'd suffocate. So let's get real here. Thank God he don't change his mind. These things are small sacrifices when you think about it for human beings to make. Why would God change his mind just because you like doing something you're not supposed to do? So foolish. Totally foolish. To think that we serve a holy God who's without blame and does everything right. And all of a sudden he's going to change his mind about something makes no sense whatsoever if he's changing his mind he's not a holy god you can challenge his validity to do anything then and this world would come to an end and so you don't want to try and make god say something he doesn't say you don't want to try and alter what he does but instead god changes us so that we can conform to his standards and his standards are good you don't tell the creature can't tell the creator what to do how to say things what to say when to say it and when to do anything he's the creator of all things you know i there are times when i'll i'll get to a a the street corner And you'll see the ambulances and all that. And I said thank you Jesus. That you kept me in the house until it was time for me to leave. You understand what I'm saying? It's a good thing to not be hasty in everything. To just let God get an assurance. Where you you know you're stepping into his footsteps. And then you proceed. You don't proceed out and just do anything. Taking chances. To see how crazy you can be before the devil pops you in your head. You know, it's just crazy. I lived like that for years. That's why I got saved. So I plan to go deeper and deeper into the things of God. Not get more shallow. We we get deeper. We don't go shallow. You know, shallow will get you in trouble. You know, you can drown in a half cup of water if you make up your mind to get stupid enough. So <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it's just a little playing around with the devil. That's what it'll get you. So Jesus, what 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 made him? what made him what he was there are some things the principles that he lived by that that you can kind of glean from the word of god number 1 he made himself of no reputation see that'll that'll eliminate a lot of people who from obedience because they're looking for reputation they're looking to be the greatest the biggest the you know, and and the devil through his media manipulation will play everybody into that. You know, when you find out somebody has a bigger church than you, then you op you you know you open up another uh, location across the across town. You know, no, you're not called as an apostle. You don't have the strength in you to manage all of that. You understand what I'm saying? You're just opening up satellites so you can increase numbers so that you can be on the top of the list again. You see, it's nonsense. So you have to make yourself of no reputation and stay there. Sometimes people make themselves of no reputation to get started. And then somewhere along the line, they get, you know, you're down the road and then you get a little. Somebody stand at the street corner <laughs> like Flo <laughs> with this stupid commercial of hers. You know that I hope that woman's making good money off those commercials because I'm tired of her, that white apron, that crazy wig, and that red lipstick. But <laughs> Flo keeps her working. For I think it's progressive. See, sometimes you see these people so much you forget what the product is, even. But uh, you know, she's standing in the shadows. Hey, come here, come here. That kind of stuff. And and so the enemy does that to us. He flags us down on the road to to being obedient and being content. That's the, the whole thing. If he can get you stirred up and discontent or impatient about something or, or lonely or all of the things we do we say about ourselves when we feel sorry for ourselves, you know. Get you in self pity and get you to thinking you need something. You know, you need a good Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John whooping. That's right. huh? what you need. You need to hide yourself in a cliff of the rock because the enemy's setting you up for something. And so Jesus made himself of no reputation and he stayed in that place. He walked in the place of being of no reputation. That's why you see his reaction telling people not to say anything. See, if he's going to keep that that persona, so to speak, for lack of a better word, a being of no reputation, he's going to have to allow God the Father to show people what they need to see about him. Number two, he imitated the Father and in, and in, in did and said only what the Father didn't said. That's a toughy, because we are are still wrapped up in a flesh body you know he was too but he was sinless because he didn't have that that sin nature that we're all born with even though his flesh could be tempted and tested and bible says he was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin so and that proves that the new creation person inside of you is sinless he can withstand the pressures of sin and and increase in righteousness you know increase in your ability to withstand and and push yourself away from the uh the uh dictates of the flesh you know as we grow older in the lord hopefully we get more uh, mature more committed More stable, you know. It's to me, it's kind of silly people be married 20 or 30 years and all of a sudden decide they want to go date again. You know, to me, I mean, your best dating years are behind you, whether you know it or not. Look in the mirror, (laughs) they're competing with the 20s and 30s. Come on now, everybody that gets stupid wants somebody young. Nobody says I'm gonna cheat on my wife and go get somebody look just like her. Right. That's very true. Or we want somebody we couldn't even get when we were young and good looking. Real stupid. It's gonna cost you. Gonna cost you. So Jesus imitated the father did only what he what he said and and over the years you can see Jesus growing in his ability to withstand the pressures of the world as the Bible says he was obedient to death even the death of the cross see that's the ultimate he couldn't have done that in the first year of his ministry He couldn't have done it in the second he had to to walk that walk with the father and he did what he did on time you got me he did what he did on time we need to understand that when when we're in the will of god and doing only what the father says everything that we do will be done on time it won't be done out of sync So and God's desire is that we follow his son's steps and have a never fail life. And we can enjoy the the success more than failure. See we, we do. We as people we like success. We don't like failure. And that's the God part of us. See there's nothing wrong with wanting success. But you have to have your success defined by God. Is defined by God. So God's uh, standard of success is much higher than that of the world. He has a high standard in his success. And that's why when we get, get weary or get in the flesh or something like that, we'll always drop back and do something low life. You know? Uh, just, just something beneath us, because God's standard is so high. Sometimes people feel they can't really attain to it, so why try? See, the devil gets us convinced that what God's requires is too hard. I can't do it. It's too much. You know, it's, it's too, too, too. And in our self pity, then we just walk away from from obedience to God and the plan of God, because the enemy convinces us we can't do it. And God never gives us an assignment that he does not grace us to carry out. He will always grace us to carry out any assignment he gives us to do. So as human beings we enjoy success more than failure and that's normal and that's good and that's God. So in that respect we're in agreement with God. God's success is a much higher standard than ours, so we may want, we may say to ourselves after we we understand God's standard, we say, "Well, I just want this, or I just, well, I don't have to have," it. you know what I'm saying? We just always try to diminish the standard in the way we think about things sometimes. And if you just want this or that, you may get just this or that. You know, if you you redial your faith to a lower setting, you may get what it is. that that you are saying you want but oftentimes you may find that God in his mercy will, will withhold the lower standard from us and kind of compel us to reach up higher you got me He'll close the door to something that's of a lower standard. And then you look back and you say, well, you know what? Now that you think about it, this is more like what God, what I asked God for, but it wasn't available to me at that time. I was just getting weary and I wanted something quick, fast and in a hurry so I didn't wouldn't have to wait any longer for what it is that I was asking God for. And so we, we have to understand God's standard is much higher because he sees down the long run what will make us happy he sees that in five years you're going to be at this place and if you take this now it's going to pull you down to that low level forever and you'll be always looking out the window wishing you had something else but you can't get it because you're you're too quick to want to get this over with so god wants us he holds us to a holy standard. And he wants us to live according to his holy standard yet succeed at the same time. So that's that's where you really need God. You need him to get you in that balance of things. Sometimes you can be overwhelmed with success. Um, sometimes you'll know, open a door, or God will open a door for you. And the on the other side of it is a bunch of confusion and, and you know all of this kind of stuff. Now He'll perfect it and settle it out for you. But sometimes it's good to just be patient with yourself, to allow yourself to get into the door, so that there's. Something on this level at the door, as you step further in, you can handle more and more and more challenge. Everybody thinks they're capable of handling the biggest challenge all the time. Just give it to me, God, I can handle it. You know, that kind of stuff. And so so we get in there, we're all overwhelmed, you know. It's good to be a little underwhelmed when you start just so you can get your feelers you get your feet wet so to speak and get your grounding and then as you gain strength you can kind of press a little bit more weight into this thing so when we think success we have to really think about what comes to your mind when you think success you know we, there's sometimes a vague something having to do with money Having to do with things, having to do. Most people don't think godliness. We don't think, gee, in uh, part of my success, should be I have more patience. I, I exercise more patience, more quickly in things where I. I tend to be impatient with uh, sometimes, and, and sometimes prophets and prophetic people are that way they they keep their minds trained so far in advance things the things that are going on in the night now kind of make them impatient to get through these things you know my husband used to say he said why don't you just, just chill out he said that's going to come that's going to come but my mind was so filled with you see that? Why can't you see that? You see where we're going. Why are we standing here? You know, that kind of stuff. And so you, there is a contentment zone that you have to learn to live in. And so that was my challenge to learn to live in the contentment zone and still have the vision of going forward in greater things and accomplishing more and, and perfecting things more, perfecting them better. And so I began to see that what God wanted to do was perfect things in the now just work with them i can help you work with them a little bit more now to get them right according to my standards to get them to where there's nothing missing you got me and and you're not going on with something that's kind of half done and so when in 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 god you have to have an eye to perfection and an eye toward completion of things not just a haphazard way of living and, you know, that kind of stuff. My mother taught me when we were kids to pick up after ourselves. And I don't understand people that can live in a house and leave a trail. I mean, it's like that, uh, there was some stupid movie. There was a guy that had a jerry curl and he kept spraying it and he had tons of bottles I and mean, you could follow him, know where he was because all his Jerry Curl spray bottles were behind him Jerry Curl Jerry that's what I call them Jerry Curl people because they leave a trail of their little clutter right behind you you know where they are because there's a trail of things out of place there's a trail of clutter there's a trail and then they're frustrated and overwhelmed when it comes time to clean up I said well it wouldn't be cleaning up if you learned how to pick up after yourself you know it's hard to teach grown people people manners i tell you right now because they fight it tooth and nail because by the time you're an adult your your pride is there and you feel like you know everything or you have to project that you know everything and to be corrected then is a big hairy deal for you because you're projecting this persona of you know you got it all together we can all learn things at all times in our lives every every day you live you can learn and i believe God puts you in the presence of people who can help you teach. Help teach you because his that's part of his life is perfection, perfecting us, perfecting things. There are certain things that you may you may get to a certain place in life, and you'll find that this little thing you thought was so insignificant, you picked it up anyway, or something. A light bulb came off on the inside of you, and you found out just knowing that one thing opened doors for you, where you were resistant to picking it up from the beginning. And so we have to to really really understand these things about God. He's always helping us to learn how to create perfection around us because that's bringing making it down here on earth as it is in heaven that's what that prayer means heaven has nothing out of place i bet you go up to people's house in heaven it's clean you know what i'm saying because confusion is part of the devil's work you see if things are out of place that's confusion and some people are just confused period they couldn't tell you where something was from one minute to the next and so they have to be set in order your soul has to be set in order so that you can can be successful in everything i can't tell you the waste that's involved Uh, you know companies that have remember in the like in the 80s the uh, efficiency experts started to come into existence in companies to show companies how to organize materials how to catalog them how to keep them in order and give accounting for everything then the barcode came that has saved people tons of money in buying excess materials that are never accounted for because they they have everything's label and it's known where everything is and it saved them uh, tons of money so that they can so there's a lot of waste in confusion you got me there's a lot of waste and disorganization and so sometimes in the now God will have you stay in a spot for a long time just to see if you'll try and perfect it you know you'll look at it and say now how can i do this better god how can i do this more efficiently how can i do this and save myself time you know in doing things Uh, sometimes when i work with with uh the hospitality ladies you know everybody's on pins and needles they're all thinking she's gonna tell me she's gonna expose me it's not about exposing anything it's about perfection And teaching you how to organize your life so that your life runs well. And so we have things, you know, I'll see people do things, go back and forth, back and forth. I say, you need to do that over there and not double your work. Because I know if somebody's doing double work, Pretty soon they'll get fatigued and they won't want to do the job anymore. See, it's the first thing that happens. It's too much for me. I want to go home. I got a headache, all that kind of stuff. And you won't last in it. And so these are things that we need to understand. Sometimes God has you in this place for a longer period of time so that you can inspect things the way he sees things and see how to perfect them. See, there's a way that we can do this better. There's a way that we can do this more efficiently. There is a way that we can do this with greater, you know, godliness. So that's what that's about. So anyway, when we think success, we need to think God on God's level. Not just acquiring and accumulating and consuming. But God thinks distribution and stewardship too when he makes us successful so success is a package of not only acquiring and accomplishments but responsibility in that as well and that's where the Christian is different from the unbeliever in that stewardship aspect and and how to distribute and what it means and all of that I think Christians are are very very uh, uh, differ themselves in a great way Uh, I know a lot of times with Rachel I'm teaching her just because you got six bottles of that little funny blue drink you like that don't mean you drink them all open them all up because little kids are like that they're largely undisciplined and sometimes when people see uh, 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 abundance they tend to want to consume it all if they can't they'll waste part of it Jesus set a standard when he fed 5,000 families of people, and not 5,000 people, 5,000 families of people, and he didn't leave the leftovers to be thrown around. They gathered up the fragments. The disciples were smart because they're thinking to themselves, hmm, we better gather this up because we never know when we're going to hit the next dry place and won't we'll be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure there was a basket for each. Of the disciples, amen. Leftovers for them, got me. Leftovers are can be very, very appropriate for you at specific times. Those fragments that remained represent revelation from God that's open to those who want to follow him closely that that value everything that god brings down you know there's high value there and so that's what that represents as well and so when we're when we belong to god there's stewardship principles involved in things you know i know sometimes people look at what you have and think it's junk well they don't see what what God shows shows me because I can I, I look at everything that we've got here that, that we've had over the years and that we have now a lot of people say well why are we just keeping this stuff in a box going from place to place until God tells me what else to do with it we're going to hold on to it because I can remember when we started we would have loved for some ministry to give us a duplicator or a copier or something like that or, or even you know leftover cassette tapes or something like that. Like that and and nobody was giving us anything we had to use our faith to do it and so i decided that i was not going to be a wasteful steward of what god had because i know there were plenty of people that had whole duplicating systems they weren't using anymore but they would never think to bless somebody else with it so if i can find somebody who needs to something that we have and we're not using it anymore we'll bless them with it but i'm not big to just throw things out and put them in the garbage just because they they seem to not be for us you need to pray and see who that's for because that's a seed that you can sow into somebody else's life or ministry. So just because God's blessed you with uh, uh, abundance or He's blessed you with, you know, some of the things that are higher quality, doesn't mean that you turn down your turn up your nose at that which used to be a blessing to you. It's still a blessing and it'll be a blessing to someone. So we have to think on this higher level of stewardship, folks. Gotta think on a higher level. I see a lot of times, too, in the body of Christ, now we're, now that we're on the subject of stewardship, I think there are some things that we can improve on as a people as far as stewardship is concerned. Um, I think that there's some, some uh, help that can be given to new struggling ministries or new struggling churches. You know, when uh, people come and, and they do things, or, or you get to know another minister that's just getting started, getting on their feet, you know, if you, you've got, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in one offering, you need to send them something. Instead of thinking about ways to expand what you have, you need to sow something back into the, the new sprouts in the body of Christ, or the young shoots in the body of Christ, so that they can keep going going and they can have what they need so that they can go. But it's seldom, whenever you're big, small people sew into you but it seldom happens that the big people sow into the small ones you know unless it's somebody overseas that they don't have to you know look at or something like that but the people that you see and that you know on a regular basis you need to try and bless those people with some, and that's God's understanding of success as well Paul did that he said the, the fathers lay up for the children not the reverse and we've got a lot of children in the ministry sowing into the fathers but it never happens the reverse way. Just think about it folks. Think about it. And so God has a very high standard for success. He has a very high standard for success. So, um, when we think about success, though, the higher standard should come in mind. And we need to think the will of God. Whenever you think success, you need to answer is, whatever is the will of God. That's what success is. Nothing else that comes your way is going to be successful for you. Everything else is failure. God's principle is to give us all things that pertain to life. And to godliness. So our success really will provide both of these. So we have really fruit. Which is the blessing that comes to your hand. And we have gifts alternating. I'm sorry. Gifts are the blessing that comes to your hand. And fruit. And that's the godly character. So God kind of alternates those in the life of the believer so that when we get the material things that we desire we will also have the wisdom we have the patience we'll have all the fruit of the spirit that we need to sustain that because it has to be sustained in God's kingdom it's got to be sustained in his kingdom it's got to be sustained that way And so when we have things that pertain to life and to godliness, that's what success in God is. And so his success will provide both. It will provide a balance of things that pertain to life, that's our gifts, and godliness, that's our fruit. Without God, life is a train wreck. You got me? You can you can bank it. That you can take to the bank. If you step off of the will of God. You're taking a chance that you may never retrieve. And never recover from from what it is that, that the devil will get you involved in. Because he got stuff for you. Trust me. So without God there our life is on a collision course. Your life will be out of sync. You know you may be anxious for something. Gimme, 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 gimme. Hmm? And you can get, get, get. But trying to maintain it. See, what happens when people get get a reputation and get high up? Then that that pride of life thing pulls at them more. You know, see, when you're small, pride of life is not a problem for you. You know, trying to, to not feel ashamed is more... <laughs> You know, you run from you run from the lower level devils, you know. Shame and I should be further along and why isn't my turn come? Yeah, all that kind of nonsense stuff. But you can shake that off and be content. When you get high up, pride of life hits you. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows your name. Your household name. you, you know, you got all of this stuff. Oral Roberts mother was what was she like four foot ten or something she was real little Uh, a little Cherokee woman and whenever he would come over and visit even after he got older especially when he got older you know and mature and had his ministry and stuff she would just yank him (laughs) jack him up right yeah (laughs) say "Oh, Roberts don't you believe all that stuff you hear about you always stay small in your own eyes Always told him that, you know what I'm saying? Because she knew what could happen and she had to put her input in there as his mother and the one who was his um, uh, intercessor and and support and overseer and, and superior to him as far as spiritual things are concerned. She could run a lot of interference for him. And she could tell she knew her own kid. And she could tell sometimes when people were Pumping him up too much if he listens to that, what the end would be. And you see, he lived a very, very long life, productive life. He was, uh, the media hammered him. He's persecuted like nothing else. But through all the way to the end of his life, he stayed true to God. You know, he stayed true to, to the life of God. And so uh, so we need to understand that that's very very important to God and we can maintain that godliness we can maintain that and you don't have to be a train wreck uh, um, you know, anywhere in your life, you can stay faithful. you know maybe the train wreck seems exciting or that kind of lifestyle seems exciting, but but we 're going to have to be able to to just stay patient with God and understand what he 's doing and understand that if we 're waiting for something and we 're still holding on to faith in god it 's important that we stay where we are you know you don't have to make any great moves to to speed something up or get a real fast return on something or or anything like that you you can stay faithful to god so uh so but but if if we look at it there's two types of success there is a worldly success and there is a success in god and it's easy for the church to get them confused Because on the surface, our success looks very similar to theirs. Except there's a godly character involved. We may have the world's goods. We may have worldly influence with those in the world. But it will come with a godly character to support it. Sin will always put us on a collision course. What we value lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and pride of life so when we start devaluing the things that God values somehow that seems to be a key that kind of rings familiar to me with people who have gone off course they'll start to find fault with the church they'll start to have an issue with church people You know, there's there's certain factions of church doctrine they don't like anymore. They go on a crusade, you know, and that's all they can talk about and all they think about. Those things are are not good. They're, They're sometimes warning signs. And when people in the world start to exalt you and you respond inappropriately to that. You can respond inappropriately to attention. Respect, whatever it is you think they're affording you, there's a an appropriate response to it, and an inappropriate response to it. I was looking at a, a documentary uh, last night on Lawrence Taylor, the football player. He played for the Giants, and did he played for the Eagles for a while. It was back in the '80s. Giants, right? He was. I think they said the first player to ever make a million dollars and so uh he in the they showed all of the things that happened to him in his life and when he was was on top he just squandered everything you know like people do now they don't all have to squander everything there's some people that you know and and like you see now the football players that played back in the day You know, like in the 50s and 60s when the game was being made before it was mass produced for television. There was all that endorsement money and all that. When when you get on TV, there's money raining everywhere. And some of them are a little angry and bitter. And I'm thinking, thank God you weren't in this mess that they're in now you know because whenever there's wealth and an accumulation of it quickly then the enemy follows that money because it's on an assignment to not only go into your hands but there's a draw in the world for money to be quickly removed from you and moved on elsewhere so money gets involved in this chess game there are so many ways that people who are suddenly rich lose their money that it's it's almost not worth it to to even want some of that stuff but they showed this man and and he spent most of his years his career years when he played football on drugs and it, he was like Oh gosh, arrested so many times. I mean, he was a name because if you. if it was LT. Everybody knew LT. And when you looked up on television, LT was in this trouble or he was in that trouble. And had a wife and family. Had a nice family. He had a good reputation uh, with the fans in that area. Uh, in New York, he could go to any place he wanted to and people would just shout his name. The whole time he was LT, LT, LT. The devil provides that, folks, to keep you inflated, to keep you from thinking sober, to keep you up in the clouds so that he can manipulate you and easily get that money back out of your hands again. And so he suffered in his career and his finances and they, this was a... a um, Pretty long documentary. They were reflecting back and showing clips. And then they would have comments and interviews from people that knew him. And his wife was, you know, she had divorced him for some years and, and was looking back on things. And she said, she said, I told him over and over again, she said, one day you're going to sit back and you're going to regret all of these years that you wasted where you could have been with your family and you could have done these things. And so the plan of God, because it it contains pertains to life and godliness will ensure that you don't have the train wreck that he had you understand what i'm saying because the devil will hit you and bombard you with all of these things that are our material assets will collide in your life all at one time They'll boom hit it just like that. And then it's up to you as an individual to sort out the pieces, prioritize them, how do I do this and how do I do that? And if you don't have godliness working for you. You don't have godliness working on the inside of you. It'll be a train wreck that that'll be a massive train wreck. And so at the time that they were filming this, it's a very, very recent time. I think it might have been as recent as last year or a year before. But they documented him uh, after he had gotten off drugs, which he did probably in the late 90s. At this time, he'd been off drugs for maybe 12 or 14 years. They showed him giving his daughter away at her wedding. And he was preparing a toast and didn't really have a lot of facts about her growing up to share with anybody and so he did the best he could and said he was so proud of her and loved her and loved and loved the son-in-law and loved this but then they showed him sitting down in a corner away from everybody crying You see, because he didn't really know this girl that he was giving away. You know, he was just sober enough now to reconnect with them and all this kind of stuff. And so these things are things that God wants us to avoid because the damage that that regret has on your soul is tremendous. Many people go right back to drugs again, right back. It's just the mercy of God. He didn't, you know, that door was finally closed for him. And he was able to get the help that he needed and made up his mind that he didn't want to go back to that again. And it held. Many people make up their minds about a lot of things and they go back again. And so this was, was part of God's mercy there. In me, I'm always looking for the aunt that prayed or the grandma that prayed. or so, You know what I'm saying because you know that. You see, you know that, and so these are the things that that God wants to spare us of, so if you're having to wait for something and you don't think it's fair and you don't think it's right, and you look and you see all these people has' got everything, look at the sinners in the world, got this and got that, and yeah, but your 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 course is different you're you're on a godly course, yours is life and godliness He'll give you all things that pertain to both. So when you have things that pertain to godliness, your stewardship over these things is totally different than the stewardship of somebody who doesn't have that path in God. You know, LT just didn't have it. You know, he was in darkness and and the only thing he could do would be to follow what his flesh told him was going to help him and be helpful to him. He was... He was endowed, very, very gifted. Now at some point, these people show great diligence, you know, but that can leave. Now the devil's looking for your diligence to pay off, so then he can start inserting other things in your life, and he can draw you off course with those if you don't have a godly standard on the inside of you. If you don't make up your mind that a married man is supposed to go home to his family, in fact, he admitted that the girl that he gave away, I think he maybe had maybe four or five children. He said, well, you know, she was the only one that I was there for her delivery when she was born. He remembered that much, but he was never there for the birth of any of his other children. You got me? Godly standard would have you be there, folks. Tell the rest of the world they got to go on hold until you you understand what I'm saying. So these things are are important for us to realize that we have a higher standard because we have a a, um, standard in God to be stewards over what we have so that when the world sees us being prosperous and the world sees us uh having the world's goods then the world's goods don't have us we have them we possess them so that we can do what God would have us do with them but they don't possess us in that they take us down and they destroy our lives and the lives of other people uh, LT was made a comment. He said, Well, you know, people will say things like just taking drugs as he said, they always talk about these victimless crimes. He said, Well, I guess that's true. He said, If you don't call count destroying your family and destroying people that love you and disappointing people that love you, see, in God, we don't have to do that, we don't have to, we can take. Everybody along with us. God showed us that was his heart when he promised Abraham and Sarah children. You know, he was capable and he proved that. But God said, nope, you're not going to leave her behind. When I told you I promised something for you, I promised for you and your wife that you have now when the promise comes. You got me? And so it's not about you uh, shifting things around and making them so that you think it's what you want. It's about following the plan of God. Thank God God made Abraham stay faithful to that. Suppose you just say well you know uh, divorce is not a big thing I'll just go find. No come back here you didn't do that right. I want you And see a lot of times this is what we don't like about God. His standard is high and if we think we can't reach the standard then we just want to quit and go do something else and he won't let us. He got me? Thank God he doesn't let you go off and do something else. Cause a train wreck somewhere else. And so these are the, the ways that God would, would have us to respond. Now, uh, Tim Tebow. Remember Tim Tebow, the sophomore Heisman, Heisman Trophy winner? And you know, he, they, great things expected from him. He's out of work right now. See? So his test is going to be something different. See? He had a good contract. He got traded by uh was it Denver he was with? Yeah he got traded by Denver and then he was with the is it the Giants? Where's Belichick at? Jets, okay. And and so uh he's he now he's he was released because they've got two quarterbacks. See? and he couldn't knock the one guy off. Got me? See, when you go into situations, you have to follow the leading of the Lord. And sometimes God's will is not for you to push somebody out of their job or be highly competitive and and step on somebody or that kind of stuff. You just go in and do the best you can. And if that's not good enough, you know, you just relax and let God have it. So he's a free agent now. And so he's following God's plan. So then this will be his test. Who are you going to serve now, Tim? and so he said He said, I still have plans to play pro football he said that's still a desire of my heart that's still something I want to do and to me that's a good thing because he's not letting circumstances cause him to quit and say well you know maybe I'm supposed to be a minister now we got enough ministers running around here because they failed at other things you got me? Got a bunch of people call themselves because they tried everything and can't get it right. Maybe I'm called to the ministry. You understand what I'm saying? We gotta stop that, folks. God's standards are way too high for us to encourage that kind of foolishness amongst one another. So, he's following God they call him a polarizing that's what they call people now when they're christians outspoken they're polarizing personalities you know you either love them or you hate them well that's good because that's what jesus said that's how you know you're pleasing to god you got me hot or cold if you're hot he loves you if you're cold you know he can work with you but don't be lukewarm i got too many lukewarm people out here who are saying God's changing his mind about sin and so anyway in in Tebow's case we we still have yet to see the end of the story don't we because we'll, we'll watch and we'll see what what he does as far as his career is concerned but he is still desirous of a career and so God God will hear that prayer and if that's God's ultimate will for him he'll get there but he'll be open to whatever God has for him so when you when you're on a course to do all things well, sometimes it may not appear that you are prospering. Your prosperity may be a hidden wealth. I see when it's a hidden wealth, that's when it's going to come forth and bless the whole world. Got me. I don't know what if Lt has anything to show for all those years that he worked and did endorsements, the ones he could do his personality was so weird people didn't want him to be a spokesperson for anything you see the devil can rob you out of what is really rightfully yours by your position if he wants to so sometimes it may seem like you're even taking a step backwards in natural in, in natural success but you can always know that if you're in line with where God wants you to be just do your best at your level where you are do as much as you can of what God has commanded you to do at the level where you are. And then you'll be able to, to make it through. You'll be able to see the success at the end. So in 2 Peter one 3 we we've been speaking about this scripture. But I thought I'd give you the reference. It says that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So if it's more godliness you need like greater strengthen the fruit of the spirit that's already there for you that's available to you and all things that pertain to life you know as you are faithful over what he's given you he'll increase it and he'll give you more success now, godliness really means to be devout it doesn't mean to be wishy-washy one way one day one way the next it also means to be holy and without blame Sin always presents a snare. So an unholy person is one who is either ensnared or easily ensnared. They're being led of the flesh. It also, sin also provides a weight or an anchor. And it's something that's chargeable to us. The Bible says a person who is holy is blameless. Hmm? God wants us to live a life free of worldly encumbrances. So the only way you can enjoy success is to be free to enjoy it. For instance, success without health. You know, I mean, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. These things will hinder our enjoyment. And God says he wants our joy to be full. Sometimes we have to wait before we advance in order to allow the inner workings of God's spirit to help us to be able to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Always look for God's provision to come into your hands before you make plans. That's something that I, I found to be consistent in things. If you don't get a green light, that's a piece about something, and step up, that provision must come into your hands, before you, before you go forward. I said so there was somebody years ago that uh, was in a church, and and uh, whoever it was, the the person in charge of the church, a pastor, didn't have much integrity, and. Um, had that person using a credit card to purchase personal items for them. And the thing that came to me was that why would God have you max out your credit card to provide for somebody, you know, make sure that that provision is in your hand because he, he god demands a portion of our increase he doesn't want you to go into debt see there's something wrong there is something unclean working somebody wants to go into debt just to impress you and then you take it so if something's not right there uh, you need to put on the brakes and stuff like that and, you know sometimes people are just drawn the devil draws people together in situations like that and then they're upset with the church and they don't want to come to church anymore you know they lump everybody together and the enemy's good at doing things like that i would i would always you know is sometimes you need to pay you know sometimes you have people who are around you who are generous and they'll offer to get, sometimes you need to pay for stuff you understand what's a quit quit taking You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's all nice and well and good. But if it's something you want to do, God will provide for you. You don't have to have that little comfortable friend that always shell out some money for you. uh, Usually because they can't get anybody to do anything with them unless they pay their way. They're that insecure. So you you need to have this with you in God where you're you're certain you're not feeding that desire uh, to bypass God's ways of doing things and taking a shortcut you know it's 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 a shortcut sometimes to do things that way you're not using your faith you're lazy your lazy little faith isn't getting you anywhere and god wants you to use your faith come to descend to make your request known to me don't tell your buddies you know because you know they'll always fork over just make your request known to god and if god doesn't open the door then you stay home you know, just forget your plans. It'll be better for you to stay where you are, instead of letting some somebody else pay the the price all the time. Because eventually, you'll hear about it you know you'll be somewhere with them and they'll be talking to somebody else and whispering about you behind your back and that'll that'll show you that'll teach you that wasn't God doing that so we don't have to accept everything that comes toward us especially if you don't get a peace or you haven't really prayed about it or whatever whatever you understand what i'm saying sometimes and now ministers you know oftentimes we have to receive things because we look at the fact that that person can be blessed by giving they're giving but you ain't a minister you know your personal pocket is not you know ministers are or ordained to receive these things believers are not and so we have to be careful you know I know sometimes people you know you'll be a believer that likes to pray and you'll pray for somebody and they'll say well well I just want to give you something well you know I'm going to give it to the church if you want to make the offering let me get an envelope or I'll make sure we get a receipt for you from the church for this and and uh, but sometimes it's good to refuse and say no I wouldn't take anything for it you know just it's okay it's fine well I just want to give it anyway well okay I'll give it to the church then and let them know that it's not coming into your pocket because it's these things are not godly attitudes you know they're they're not we can we can be givers and we can allow God to return to us uh from his hand you know and you'll know it's coming from God uh because you you know you've allowed God to receive that seed that you've sown and then he can return to you success can often lead to excess and that's what God wants us he doesn't want his kids in that kind of situation where it's excessive it often will provide a snare for us, can be ensnared by that. So Satan's plan is to ensnare us with riches so that he can add sorrow to your life. That's, that's his main thing. He wants to burden us with things that God really has paid the price for us to be delivered from. And sorrow, he bore that, carried that, he carried everything. God carried those things away from us so we could enjoy life you know if you're if you're you know if you bought something you're, you're always looking around to see when they gonna come repossess it that ain't joyful folks and, you know come on down that's that's very sorrowful and so god will relieve us of that burden and and you know if we learn our lesson we don't want to go back there again You know we don't want to go back there again and so many times God uh, gets us in situations where he can try us and test us to see if we'll stay faithful to him even with riches wealth increase success that's that's always going to be a part of our lives so I believe. Tim Tebow is in uh, a trial, you know, he's a, in a test to see if he's going to continue to serve God. That's always the, the thing. Are you going to go your own way now or are you going to continue to serve me? And sometimes people, because, because material things mean so much to them, see, it's, it, it, it can, can be a snare easily. And, and you have to be even more careful to believe God you know sometimes people get their their prosperity confused with some kind of status or self-esteem you know um, it's like this well I was made fun of when I was growing up because we were poor well, who didn't have a poor time in their life? There's not many people who didn't have a hard time or the generation before them had it difficult at some point. That's part of life, I think, for the average person. However, to some people, prosperity can mean proving that they're worthwhile. Because when you're made fun of, you know, that cuts pretty deep. You might feel that you're not as acceptable, you're not as this, or you're not as that. And if it never gets disconnected from your sense of worth. See, and that's where the testing of God comes in. The testing of God comes in to make the disconnect. Between you feeling you're worthwhile because of your prosperity. You got me? And or feeling worthwhile no matter what state you're in, like Paul was. You know, you see, he was content no matter what state he was in. So God then sets forth approving or testing for all of his people. In Exodus chapter 16, Verse 4 says, Then said the Lord to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people will go out and gather a certain rate every day. This takes care of greed, folks. You got me? That I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. So if God tells them to go out and gather enough for tomorrow and only enough for tomorrow he's proving them to see if they will walk in his law or not and what happened many of them got enough for tomorrow and what happened it molded overnight and stank you got me and God's law was proven through people if he said get enough for today and let that suffice don't get any extra don't try to squirrel it away I want you to trust me day by day and this is an important principle for us as believers because every day we need to make living contact with God. You got me? I know sometimes when you when you have the word hidden in your heart, you might think that you're just living off of, you know, I'm rehearsing it in my mind and so forth and so on. But I'm telling you, every time you go in that word, you get something new. You got me? God will always add to you if you will go into the word afresh and anew and you know sometimes it's like uh, there's i i know i have that little bible on my my uh iphone and i'll read scriptures through that sometimes and you know sometimes I'll send them off to people or something like that but sometimes I just like to curl up with my old raggedy King James Bible the family what you call it <laughs> Bible <laughs> with all the family records that, you know that old Bible Just there's a comfort there you know I can remember back in the day I, would, I was just so hungry for the word I and all that kind of stuff and so it's just good you know to to revisit god in those types of things that's why he gives us memories you know so we can we can uh reflect on those things and and recall those times and and revisit those times and get something fresh and new from god the other reference i have for you is in exodus 4 in chapter and i'm sorry verse 23 the purpose of our Being freed from the power of darkness is to serve God. So we're not free to not serve God after we're born again. So God had Moses say to Pharaoh, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, I'll slay your son, even your firstborn. So there's a penalty well, that always goes to the devil. You know, he's already condemned forever. But there's the, the one that will ensnare you after you have been set free from God. You see, has to bear the brunt of that. In First Chronicles 29.17, it says... That God tries the reins of our heart. So he's not trying your pocketbook. He's not trying your patience. He's not torturing you to see how long you can go without something before you say uncle. But he's trying the reins of your heart. What, What tug on your heart do you respond to? You're tugged. You you get excited when you know somebody calls you out of nowhere, and you get flattered that they call you. Or does your heart get involved in it, and you bless God that He let somebody think about you today? Right. See, there's a difference, folks. Is there's a godly uh, understanding of God being in control of your life? Mm-hmm. In Exodus. Chapter 20 and verse 20. Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you that in this, in that his fear may be before your faces and you sin not. You got me? So God proves us to see if we will obey him or not. He proves us. That we will go his way. He proves us. And how will we ever be proven if there's never a choice to make? So these are merely situations where choices become involved. So that God can prove which way we will go. And we need to know which way we'll go. We need to know that we're totally dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to keep us going where God wants us to go. You know, He's the one who gives us peace in the decision, He is the one who helps us uh, in our deciding of things. Hebrews 11, it is 17. Let me turn there because I think I got my reference. I'm talking about riches now and the ensnarement that you can get. 11.17 It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. You see what I'm saying? That trial. To see which way you will go. To see which decision you'll make. Abraham was tried in a very, very severe test. Now Some of them are are a piece of cake. Some of them are pretty, pretty testy. To see if he will slay his only son. And so he chose God. He chose that, that and God had showed him in a figure that he would raise him back up again. And God gives you evidence and gives you faith to make the right decision. You're not just out there in the middle of nowhere, eeny meeny, miny, mo, And you don't have a proper leading to know which is the correct decision to make. And so uh, he had trials to establish godliness in his life. If, If Abraham had not had the faith for the resurrection, where would we be? Still waiting on somebody to pass that test. You got me? And so he had faith for the resurrection. And this was open doors for the Messiah to come through. All of that stuff is tied up in decisions that we make. Decisions that parents make to keep themselves dedicated to God have a big impact on their offspring your seed and your seed, seed live well or not so well oftentimes depending upon the decisions that you make because there's much more there's no like victimless crimes huh you yeah, know we, we all we know that that there's an inheritance here on the earth and all deeds are accounted for <clears throat> david's riches created a snare for him in contrast to abraham David's riches created a snare for him. You all know the story. He was feeling, feeling real good about himself. And instead of going to war with the rest of the men, he stayed back and got in trouble. And when when God called upon him uh, to repent, he sent Nathan the prophet in 2 Samuel chapter 12 in verse 1 and the Lord sent Nathan unto David and he came unto him and said to him there were two men in one city remember the parable about the rich man that took the poor man's last little thing he had a rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds that's David so David's riches and what he felt about them was part of his reasoning for stumbling and I think this is very important because you know we've got people now ministers that think nothing about being multimillionaires and looking to amass more and more and more and you wonder how that's being distributed you know because you see what you have and you see what you do with what you have You know, and so I think it's good to check track records of people. How do they spend what's given to them before you give? I'm not big on just giving for any sob story or giving because, you know, everybody else is doing it. But you can check these things, they're all public record. How do they manage what they have? Now they've got this new reality show coming on. We've already started praying to get it off television because it shows men of God in a very negative light you know preachers very negative light and it's unfortunate that these men are allowing people to come into their lives that's that's the snare right there is begin you see when pride of life starts to grip you You think all publicity, you know, like they used to say in in the movies and in entertainment, uh, I don't care what they publish about me as long as they spell my name right. You got me? It's that that way with with many of them. Because many of them are, are already ensnared with the world's goods. And so all of these preachers have had a divorce While they've been ministers and they're all saying, you know, they take these clips of them out of context of their preaching and all this nonsense that, you know, the Bible says go in all the world and preach the gospel. It didn't say talk about yourself and your personal business and, and let people follow you with cameras and all this foolishness. And so we have to be careful that the name of God is not blasphemed. That's part of your responsibility as a believer. Not put yourself in a position to make God's word trodden under. And get you on their saying something you never intended to say publicly. Try praying a little bit to get some power behind your words. Get some sick people healed. You get 20,000 people in your congregation. You don't even know if they're well or not. You got me. You have no and shepherds should know the condition of the flock what kind of shepherding is this and so we've got to put a stop to this folks those who are trying to get there need to stop it and watchmen need to pray prayers that stop this foolishness because it's manipulating the people of God the leadership of God to make them look less than what God called them to be and so Nathan gives a parable to David This rich man had exceeding many herds and flocks. And the poor man had nothing. The rich man took what he had. You see what I'm saying? So we got a lot of taking what people have with no regard. That that's the only thing that they have. So David came under conviction for it. And that's how we got Psalm 51. You know a man that that understands his mistake. And is, is grievously sorry for it. Proverbs 30, 10 verse 30 tells us that God makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. You now You can be rich and enjoy your life until the day you leave here. There's tons of Christian businessmen that have done this. Tons of them. Sam Walton was just the most recent one. There's tons of Christian businessmen and leaders that are able to do this. Many people give their alms in secret. You know, you have to be careful about doing what you do so publicly that you lose your reward. And the de- devil is able to get it and run with it. Hmm? Pro- Proverbs 28.20. Let me go over Proverbs 28.20. Verse 20. says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be found innocent. Got me? Do not be hasty in desiring riches. It means that you've taken off the godliness. You've got godliness off the table now. You're going to be sorrowful in it. James 2 5 says, God has made the poor of this world rich in faith. So we all have some, we all can acquire some kind of riches. If, it's, if you don't have skills, gifts, or whatever to, for the material end, you can be rich in faith. You can be rich in the spiritual things. Luke eight fourteen tells us to be careful this deceitfulness of riches choke the word off. That's why many times people, Christians who get wealth, don't have the godliness to go with it. Because just caring for wealth and caring for riches choke the word and make it of none effect. Billy Graham probably has have I would say as far as wealth that a ministry has received. He's probably received more than everybody's combined. They don't tell. You know what I'm saying? But his ministry was established by millionaires in this country. Very, very wealthy people backed his ministry in the early days. He's been given tens of millions of dollars by more than one person over the course of time. But he put himself under the authority of a governing board. That voted on a salary. That made plans for it. I mean he's not hurting for anything. Has what he needs. But he understands that there's a government over it. It's good to remind yourself. There's a government over. And put yourself under the government. Of of a, a board that has bylaws that set up rules and regulations that has a structure to it and goals godly goals that can keep you so that the ministry continues long after you're gone a good name will do that for you a good name will leave that ministry in the earth and it's valuable long after you're gone the fly-by-night guy that gets that doesn't have the godliness component and the stewardship involved in what he's doing will leave a, a, a have a good name for a season, and then at the end of his life, it's bad. You got me? They'll listen. Oh him, oh boy, you know that kind of thing. They don't want to hear your name, but if you can leave a good name to the end of your life, that's the best thing. First Timothy six seventeen tells us not to trust in uncertain riches. God's a sure thing. Riches are uncertain. They're here today, gone tomorrow. What you have your money invested in might collapse overnight. We've seen it. And the Bible in Ephesians one eight talks about the true riches, and that's the glory of God. We want to receive the glory, the riches of His glory. That is the goodness of God, unlimited. He'll give you that in unlimited fashion so that you can have I'd rather have a sense that I have access to everything than to have it right in my hand if you've got it in your hand you got to worry about managing it if you have access, you know it's there when you need it. And when you don't, it's securely put away. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. And we understand, Father, that you have good things for us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for a balance in all things. And, Lord, I I believe and I know that as we go through the days... That are coming upon the earth. It will be those who are anchored in you. That will get the best results. And will get the consistent results. So we thank you Father for the best. The consistent. In everything we do. And we bless you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Amen.